you're listening to Taming the Terminal, Part 16 of N, Crossing the Streams. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials written by Bart Bouchotts over at bartb.ie slash ttt. This originally aired as part of an Oscillacast episode 457, hosted at podfeet.com. I'm Allison Sheridan, host of the Nocillacast podcast, and the other voice you're about to hear is Bart Bouchotts of bartb.ie. All right, now we get to play with the terminal? We get to go across the streams. <laughs> okay. I'm hoping at least some of our listeners get the, get the reference there. <laughs> I think a few anyway. might. So where last we left our story, we had learned that every process in the environment has a reference to three streams, standard in, standard out, and standard error. And we learned that we can use the pipe operator to connect standard out from one to standard in from another and chain our applications together so that the output flows from step, you know, from one, app, from one command to the next command to the next command until it finally pops out at the other end. And hence we can do complex things by chaining simple commands together. Right. We had mentioned that there were other operators apart from the pipe and that those operators let us interact with files. And then we'd also, I'd also mention that nothing we had done last week allowed us to interact with standard error because by default these operators work on in and out and there's this whole third wheel and we may want to manipulate the third wheel uh, or grab onto the third rail sometimes. Um, <laughs> and also we may want to merge one stream into another because there are very good reasons to want to do that. So this week we're just going to finish off on this stream idea by looking at the last three operators and how we merge streams. And then we're done with this topic, which is probably the deepest topic we've done so far, and probably the one that's made your head hurt the most. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad this one's split into two. Hmm? I'm glad it's split into two. Yeah, it's probably worked out for the better. So we're going to take a break from Taming the Terminal for a little while? Yeah, after this, yeah, because I, I think this is a good time, you know, to we've rest. done some really serious stuff now, so now, yeah, I think after this is a good time to take a wee break, get a bit of a breather, and then when we come back, which will probably be after you've gone on holidays, uh, we can get stuck in, because now that we, we're going to have the ability to manipulate these streams, suddenly we can do a lot more than we used to be able to do, and uh, what's next on my agenda is using the terminal for finding stuff. Oh, I like that. Which, but you can't really do that until you've learned how to chain stuff together. All right. Which is why I couldn't do it until now. So anyway, let's let's finish with our streams, and then that's a little taster of where we're going. So the first of the uh, file-related operators I want to look at is the less than sign, as we're going to call it. And okay. the less than sign takes the content of a file to its right and attaches that as standard in to the command on its left. That and seems the, so backwards to read right to left. But when you look at it, that actually looks like it makes sense. It looks like the, yeah. the less than symbol is like a funnel shoving the yeah. stuff from the right into the left. Well, the left hand, you know, the left hand bracket is backwards from how we'd usually read an arrow. <laughs> so it makes sense that its associations are a little backwards. Yeah. It works, it works when you see it written down, even if your head goes, but I read the other way. <laughs> so as an example... We could, we could use, the, so we learned last week that the word count command will accept standard in. So we could use the arrow to take the content of our host's file using this operator to send it to wc-l to tell us how many lines there are in our host's file. And if you do that, again, mine, actually I found out that mine actually is a standard one, so the, the normal answer is 14. Hmm. Where'd my other three go? I've got 11. Well, the standard one has a whole bunch of comments in there. Ah. 
So you may have gone in and cleaned up. And, it doesn't you know. sound like me, but okay. <laughs> Only if well, you told me you're to. You're going to come across through some sort of migration from a different version of OS X, but mine no, has 14. No, this, anyway. remember this is a fresh install huh. from Apple. So oh, yeah. anyway. So what does yours say? If you cat it, what does it actually say? So what, cat slash etc slash host? I got a pound pound, then pound host database, a pound, uh, pound local host used to oh. configure the loopback interface when the system booting did not Never change mind. its entry. Mine isn't standard. <laughs> My open VPN client, there's a section here that says hash begin section for open VPN client. <laughs> so obviously, my OpenVPN client did a bit of messing around. So there the you go. La- the very last line of mine talks about podfeet.com. Well, that must be something we were doing at some stage. I think so. that didn't get there by accident. No, I don't think so. And it's also got an IP address of 69 dot something, which is that classic, you don't actually have an internet connection IP address, right? I wonder what that uh, is. Not necessarily. Oh, okay. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So we don't know so, how much the standard is. Maybe we 10. Don't, but everyone's going to get an answer, and that's really all that matters. Now, what you will notice is, you might say, but Bart, we can use the WC command without having to bother with this, you know, our angle brackety stuff, because we can just pass the file path as the first argument, and WC is perfectly happy to work like that. Oh. And of course, as we learned last week, we can say WC space minus L space slash ETC slash hosts, and that works just fine too. Oh. And this is not unusual. So it's very normal for Unix commands that work on either uh, binary data or text data to be sort of flexible in terms of where their input comes from. Either you give me a path and I'll go get the file myself, or you can give me a stream and I'll just pull whatever's in the stream. And because of that flexibility, you very rarely need that less than sign, because in general, whenever you might think of using it, nah, well, why don't we just pass the file path and the chances are it'll work. But the fact that it works for most commands doesn't mean it works for all commands, and it doesn't mean that you're never going to need it. So if at some point in the future of your life you become a MySQL database person, you're going to become quite familiar with the less than sign, because the MySQL command doesn't accept a file path. It wants a stream. And so if you want to send some SQL to your MySQL server, the command is of the form shown below. Basically, MySQL minus H, the server, minus U, the username, minus P, database name, less than sign, MySQL file, dot SQL. And so although hopefully you won't need it often, I think everyone should have it in their tool belt. Okay. I didn't follow any of that stuff about MySQL, but I'm buying it. Have you already told us what is... Go ahead. If, if I want to get some SQL into my database from the command line, I can't give it a file name because MySQL, if you look at its man page, it does not allow you to specify a file name. MySQL will happily take input from standard in, but it will not take it from a file name. So the only way to get input is to turn a file into standard in, and that's okay. your minus sign. Well, I hate to ask this because I'm afraid it might be a really stupid question. Have you already told us what a stream is? It's something where... T- it's a very abstract concept. Basically, a stream is a flow of data where everything that goes in one end comes out the other end in exactly the same order that it came from. So that's different than, uh, but you said that's different from a path. Yeah, so some commands will accept a file path, which in actual fact what will happen is they will open the file and read the file, and effectively it becomes a stream really deep down, but that's within the code of the path, or within the code of the command. So from our point of view, if you look at the man page, for the, say, say the WC command, it will say that either you give me a file name and I'll go find the file, or you give me a stream and I'll read the stream. Okay. 
So we have it will work either way. And in fact, it can take multiple files. But obviously only one stream. Okay. Because there only is there is only one standard in. So while I want while I think everyone should have the minus sign in their toolkit, in reality, the ones you're going to see the most often are actually the greater than signs, not the less than signs. And the greater than sign, again, it flows sort of by looking at it, it flows in a sensible flow. Um, it takes the output, so the standard out from the command on its left and sends it to the file on its right. That's the greater than symbol. That's that. the greater than symbol. Right. So it's for sending stuff to files. And again, if you look at the, at the, at the less than greater than sign, think of them in your mind as arrows, then you can actually visually see where things are going. So it's sort of being funneled into the file. Okay. And there are two versions of this, of this operator. There is a single greater than sign or two greater than signs. Okay. They do very similar things, but with a subtle but really important difference. So we'll start with the single one. So like I said, the single one takes standard out from the command to its left and funnels it to a new file. Which means that if a file already exists at the previous path, it will be replaced. In other words, what was there before will be deleted, a new file will be created, and the output will go into that new file. Oh. So you will stomp on whatever was there already. So this is a dangerous command. Correct. So this is one I say to use with care. Okay. The second version with the two arrows is less dangerous because what it will if there's no file there, it will create the file as the other one does. But if there is a file there, it won't it won't delete it. It will simply attach the new stuff to the end of it or append in computer terms. So it will just add the stuff to the back of the file. Which is, although you're still altering the file, which of course you are, you're sending stuff to it, but you're not replacing it, you're adding to it. So that's less dangerous. Okay. And there are times you'll want sense. one or the other, right? Because there's, there's pros and cons each way. So if you want to know exactly what happened on this running of the file, if you use the single arrow, there's going to be no other content in that file apart from what you just created. So it's very easy to see where the relevant bit starts. Whereas if you're sticking stuff on to the end of one file all the time, how far back do I read to find the start of the latest output? No way to know. Okay. So, you know, so there's a good reason there to use it. Yeah, there's good reasons for both, basically. And you'll, you know, use whatever is appropriate. So, for an example, let's revisit our examples from last time. And we had our big fancy command for creating n random numbers. So let's create 256 of them and send them to a file random.txt. So the command is basically exactly the same as last week. We use the head command to ask dev random for... 256 random bits of binary, we shove that into the base64 command to turn it into 256 random characters followed by two equal signs. We shove it back into the head command to effectively trim out the equal signs. And then the output is ready. Only instead of printing it through the screen this time, we now have our greater than sign random.txt. So in other words, the data has gone from dev random to base 64, to head, to base 64, back through head, and is now being sent to random.txt. Okay. And so we can read the content of random.txt, or we can ask random.txt, how many characters did you get by using the WC command with a minus C flag instead of a minus L flag, so C for characters. And oh. if you say WC minus C random.txt, it will say there's 256 characters in there, which is what you'd expect. Right. Okay. So now let's just run that. I think it was nice of you not to read the command out loud, but to explain what the command did. (laughs) 
Yeah, for everyone's sanity. (laughs) Right, right. I was reading along and going, okay, that's what he said. He said that's what that part did. Okay, good. So if we now repeat the command, and then we count the number of characters and random the text, it will still be 256. There'll be 256 new random characters, but there'll only be 256 of them. Ah. Because every time we're replacing the file, we're replacing the file, we're replacing the file. So the other way of working is to append the file. So this time we'll set our number to something smaller, so I have n equals 8, because it's easier to count in multiples of 8. So same command, but this time we have two arrows on the end, and we're sending it to randomaccumulator.txt. And so we run it once, we do a word count, and we get 8. Okay, good. Now we do it again, 16. Do it again, 24. If you want to do it again, you'll get 32, and so on and so on and so on. So you can clearly see the difference between arrow and arrow arrow. Right. That's so I got it. Okay, good. Now now unfortunately you're going to start hating me. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I, I gotta take you a little deeper under the hood for a very important reason. So all of these operators, so so far we've seen four of them. We've seen the pipe, we've seen the less than sign, the greater than sign, and the double greater than sign. They all work on standard in and standard out. What about poor little standard error? It's sitting there, and we haven't been able to manipulate it in any way, shape, or form. And we need to be able to, frankly. And uh, in order to learn how to, I'm afraid we have to open the bonnet a little bit further than I would like. I was going to say, you, you just teased us with a really easy one, didn't you? Just I to did. get us all feeling cozy and comfortable. I'm following. I know what he's talking about. It's not rocket science, but comp- it's not. I, so far, I've tried to keep people away from getting too deep into the bowels. But I'm afraid we have to go a little bit in. Okay. So I told you that there were links to standard in, standard out, and standard error in every process's environment. Which is true in a hand-waving sort of way. What's actually in your environment is something called a file descriptor table. And the file descriptor table is effectively a mapping, a numbered list of streams. And there's three of them by default, so when you get handed a fresh environment, you get three in, out, error. But the apps running within an environment are free to add a fourth one, a fifth one, a sixth one, a seventh one, an eighth one, a ninth one, a tenth one, and they can all be interacted with. Uh, But they're they're referenced not by name. Everything in that file descriptor table is actually referenced by number. So standard in is actually zero. Standard out is actually is. one. Standard error is actually two. And if we were to create our own stream, which is something we're not going to do in this series, but if we were, the first one we create would become three. The second one we create would become four. Ad infinitum. So when we want to actually address something other than zero or one, we have to use its number. And those the, the three operators that we've seen today, the less than, the greater than, and the greater than, greater than, they can take a number before them to tell them what stream they should send to the file. So I can rewrite our three examples today to be more explicit by saying wc minus l zero arrow slash etc slash hosts. Zero being standard in. So we're saying send etc host to standard in. I can say the head command to get our random numbers, and I can say one arrow random.txt. Send standard out 
to random.txt or one arrow arrow random accumulator, send standard out to random accumulator. Now, obviously, you don't have to do this with the zeros and ones because that's the default behavior. But if you don't want to do it in with standard in or standard out, you have to use the numbers. And really, the, the important number to remember is two. Two is standard error. Two is our little lost friend who we haven't been able to interact with yet. Okay. So if we go back to last week, I had written a command to intentionally trigger some error messages. And it was the, basically the command for counting the number of files in a directory. And then I gave it a silly made-up directory called tilde slash desktop donkey, which obviously doesn't exist. So Wait, I thought we, everybody had desktop donkey. <laughs> I thought that someone's was gonna write, Someone's going to create some sort of silly app that's a desktop donkey. But anyway, <laughs> um, so just to remind ourselves, I put the command there exactly like we saw it last week. If you run it on the terminal, you'll see that it says error message followed by zero. In other words, word count has counted zero lines because standard out contained nothing. And standard error went straight to our screen because that's what standard error does. And standard error basically said file not found or does not exist or something sensible to that effect. So now let's send standard error to a text file. And let's send, and let's just leave it at that. So ls space minus l tilde slash desktop donkey to arrow error.txt pipe word count minus l, wc minus l. Okay, walk me through that. What's that command doing now? So it's our same command as above. We start off by listing the content of this fictitious directory, or trying to. So with the ls minus l tilde slash desktop donkey. <laughs> then we say to arrow. In other words, the stream at file descriptor 2, or standard error, is now being sent to the file error.txt. And then we have our pipe, which takes standard out and sends it to word count minus l. So standard out has gone to word count, just like before. Okay. But instead of standard error going to our screen, it's now gone to the text file. So when you run that command, it'll just print the zero to say there are no files in this fictitious folder, which is true. And we mm. haven't seen the error message because it's been taken and sent to the file. So if we say cat error.txt, it says ls, you know, blah, 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 no such file or directory. Right. So we have successfully redirected error messages by using two arrow. Okay. Can I ask a really dumb question? Is there a reason why the two and the arrow are right next to each other? Otherwise, it wouldn't work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Missing the entire point of my question, but answering what I really needed to know. <laughs> but yeah, the, the arrow, it's, it's number arrow. Basically, look at the number and the arrow as being the one thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's good. Now, you can really tie yourself in knots because you, you can do more than one redirect at a time. So a very common thing, again, a really good example of this in the real world, and I've stuck it in here because it's nice to see some real world stuff instead of my made up donkey examples. If you're a MySQL person, something you may want to do is query a database. Very reasonable thing to do in a database. Why put data in if you're never going to get it back out? And you might want to send your results to a text file. So we've already learned that to get our SQL in, we have to use the less than sign. And we can also, at the same time, use the greater than sign to get the results out. So you'll very often see a command of the form MySQL, tell me where to go, less than sign, the file with the query to run, greater than sign, a file with the results. And so it looks a bit weird, but you can do a less than followed by greater than, and they will both work. Okay. So what we're doing there is we're taking the query and shoving it into MySQL, 
and then we're taking the result from MySQL and shoving it to the file query result.tab. Oh, okay. Okay, I get you now. All right. Yeah, so SQL in, query out, a result out. Sensible thing to want to do. Okay. We might also want to, in our previous donkey example, we might want to have the output go to a file as well. So we already got our error messages to a file, but maybe we'd like the file count to a file too. And so we can do that by saying ls space minus l desktop donkey to arrow error.txt, just like before, pipe word count minus l. Now we have our greater than sign file count.txt. And so when we run that command, two files will come into existence, the error file and the count. So we can say cat file count.txt, it'll say zero. Cat error.txt, it'll give our error message. There we go. So the last thing we may want to do is cross the streams. Now, in the Ghostbusters universe, you never cross the streams. Very bad idea. But in the Unix universe, it's actually a really good thing to do. Because it's actually quite reasonable to want to capture all output. Sometimes you care whether it was an error or whether it was not an error, but sometimes you just want, oh, just give me everything that came out. Right? Not an unreasonable thing to want. And your only way of actually doing that is to merge out and error into one stream, and then you have one stream that you can send to a file. And to make that possible, or rather, to enable us to do a meaningful example, I'm going to give you a preview of one of the commands we're going to look at when we get to our searchy bit in the next installment in March. Tease. I'm being a tease, but it's a useful tease. So a very, very useful command. Now, this is actually a spectacularly powerful command with many, 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 many possible ways of using it. But the find command can be used to find things, unsurprisingly. And in this case, we're going to use the find command to find all files that end in .pkg in the system library folder. And the command to do that is find space slash library with a capital L space minus name space star.pkg. And if you copy paste that into your terminal now, you'll see that it very kindly during normal operation gives us a mix of error messages and results. Oh, yeah, we've got some permission denied stuff. Yeah, because we're not running as root, we're not actually allowed to poke around in some of the folders in the library. But we are allowed to poke around in others. So it does actually Hmm. find bsd.pkg for us. Yeah. So we have a pleasant mix of errors and real output, which gives us something to funnel around with. So the last piece, so we could, right, we can take... Just to re-illustrate the point, right? We can we can try to redirect this output by saying find space blah 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 arrow find output.txt. And if you run that, as we have learned to expect from our donkey example, the error messages come to the screen, but the one file we found goes to the file. So find output.txt. By the way, mine found a lot. Oh, that's interesting. Actually, I have, I'm doing this on my uh, MacBook Pro where I have basically nothing installed but Skype. Uh, so this says, uh, apparently there's a bunch of stuff in receipts like Aperture and BSD, iLife Media Browser, Plugin Manager, Pro Runtime, Raw Camera. Ha, okay, I just have BSD.bkg. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, so that obviously, I don't, actually I do have Aperture installed. Why? Anyway, let's, let's not ponder the vagaries <laughs> of OS X. I love doing that to you. <laughs> um. So we can see there, as, as it behaved before, we, we redirected the output, the errors came to the screen. We could also redirect... Uh, let me see if I can say it. That's because all we told it to do was standard out by exactly. default, because we gave it the greater than symbol, and that just means standard out. Correct. 
So we can also send the output to one and the errors to the other by saying find blah 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 greater than sign find output.txt space two greater than sign find errors.txt. So that says, I want to say, take the output of this command, uh, the files you find, put it in findoutput.txt, and the errors that you find, send it to finderrors.txt. Right. So when you hit okay. enter, this time nothing comes to your screen, uh-huh. but you can look in both of those files with cat, so find, and you'll see that the errors are in one and the output's in the other. Yeah, yeah. But what if but I wanted them in both, Bart? Precisely. What if you want to get the whole lot and mushed into one? Uh-huh. And the answer to this is an operator we haven't met yet, which is the ampersand operator. Now, the ampersand operator has many meanings in Bash, but if you give the ampersand operator with a number straight after it, its meaning is... And? <laughs> not and. Now, that would be far too sensible, Alison. <laughs> Basically, ampersand followed by a number can be used anywhere you can use a file name. And what it means is the stream in the file descriptor table with the number whatever. So if I want to redirect standard error to standard out, I say two arrow ampersand one. Okay, hang on. So the two means standard error, and the I'm sending it to amp to send it, and then the yeah. ampersand one means sending it to standard out. Correct. Well, that's really confusing. Yes, it is. Why can't you just say send these two things? <sighs> okay. Right. So now if we run that command as it is, I won't confuse you any further just yet. It doesn't really, we can't see anything funny has happened. We, we see our output, we see our errors, because they're both gone to standard out, but standard out is our screen, just like standard error is, so we can't see the effect until we, we add another thing to send standard out to a text file. So now you are going to scream at me that this looks wrong, but for now, copy and paste the command exactly. And it will do what I want it to do, but it won't look like it should. Okay. So if you run the command and then you run cat find combined or combined output.txt, you'll see that the errors and the output together are in that file. Okay. Now describe why this looks wrong to the audience. This looks wrong because if you say this in English, what you say is run the find command, merge error and st- merge standard error and standard output together, and then send all of that to the file. So in English, you would say it in that order. But look at the command. So it says find slash library by name anything star.pkg, send that to find combined output.txt. Then it says take the output of standard error and shove it into standard in. Yeah. You would not expect to write it in that order, but you have to. Redirects happen last. Redirects are written last, even though they happen first. So don't, why is ask it, me, don't ask me why I didn't make this stuff up. I could almost stand it is is if it had a less than symbol instead of the greater than at least I could go right to left. Yeah, no, the, I cannot find a way of, of making it make sense. All I know is if you do it any other way, it will work. So if you put the two greater than ampersand one to the left of the output file, it wouldn't work. It would not work. I tried it. You can try it if you like. It doesn't work. You know I will. <laughs> Because mentally, I would have expected to put it straight after the PKG. Uh, yeah. But no. You basically, you connect, so basically what you're doing is you're connecting standard out from the find command to the file, and then you're saying, and now before you run this, will you take standard error and shove it into standard out? And then go. Hmm. 
You see, I don't like it. I don't so read like the stuff it. on the left, then the stuff on the far right, and then do it to the send it all to the stuff in the middle. Yeah, oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's not nice. It's one of those things that you just got to learn. I know. I, I don't wasn't like hard enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. This, yeah. To be honest, this is if. The, I won't promise this is the most confusing thing because there's, there's something coming that's going to make your head explode. But it's up there. It's, it's very up there. We're not going to explode my head today, though, right? Because it's no, just about full. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're done, actually. We it's... have now learned how to do all of the important stuff. We can chain commands together with the pipe sign, mm-hmm. which allows us to build up these, confle- these complex flows. So our data flows from command to command to command, each one doing its little transformation before passing it on to the next one. And the example being, we ask standard error, or sorry, we ask dev random for X amount of random bits of data. We convert them to text, and then we print them out. That's a that's a flow. We're using the pipe to say, I want this, then transform it in this way, then transform it in this way, then print it out. And that's a really helpful thing to be able to do. And then today we learn that we can use files as either the starting point of a stream. So you can say, use this as your initial data, and then run it through one or more commands. Or as the end point of your stream, so you can say run run you know run your data through all of these commands and then take the output and shove it over there. And then the last thing we've learned is that you can take two rivers and merge them into one river, or two streams and merge them into one stream. And that's that's really where we leave it. Now, in actual fact, if you really want to go bonkers, there is more you can do with streams, but it will make your head explode. And so far, in my many years as a Linux sysadmin, I haven't needed any of it. Okay, let's not learn stuff you don't even need. It's hard right. enough learning I mean, what we do need. I, I, I read up on all of it while preparing for this, and I was just going, no, no, no. <laughs> so what, what value is there in writing an error message to a file? A good example is, let us imagine that you, you, you want to do a backup every day, but you know you're going to forget. So you're going to write a little script that does your backup. Mm-hmm. And you're going to run it, but you're not going to run it yourself because you're going to forget. So you're going to use something we haven't talked about yet called cron to do something at a certain time every day. And then you're going to get it to email you the output so that you wake up in the morning and there's an email saying, results of backup. But what good is the results of backup if the error messages, which mean that the whole thing went horribly wrong, aren't yeah. in the results? You know, as I asked the question, I started thinking about backups because my backup files, uh, when I get emailed, the only time it's really interesting is when it errors out. Right, because most of the time, I mean, when you write a good backup script, it really should just say, done, all okay. And then if, the, if there's anything more than like two words of text, it means you have to read all of this because they're error messages. Something else but the only else. way you can do that is if you, you have to capture the error and get it into the email. So you need to get all of your data into one stream and then push it off. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the research you do for us on this, because I, I think I had it in my head that you just know all this stuff by heart and could just spew it out on the on a moment's notice. Um, certainly a lot of it is knowledge that you have, but I appreciate that you, that you are doing a lot of work to put this together. It's Right. It's all stuff I know, but in order to present it using the right terminology... You have to be able to explain it. <laughs> ...in a narrative that makes sense, <laughs> it actually does take prep work. Yeah. Yeah, I just want people to know this isn't just, you just fling this stuff out of your butt there. 
Well, if if you want people to know, my, basically my Saturday regime when we're doing these timing in the terminals is I get up at noon because I'm I'm a lazy bones and that's the, that's just <laughs> no because you stay up till three in the morning. That's why because I stay up till three or four in the morning. It was four o'clock last night. Um, <laughs> and I tell you, my body clock right. If I if I'm on leave, my body clock is go to bed at four, get up at noon, eight hours sleep, perfectly healthy. It's just shifted from everyone else's eight hours. But that's why anyway, we're so, friends because you're awake most of the time. I am. <laughs> I live in the American time zone, <laughs> even though I'm in Ireland. But anyway, so I get up in the morning, I make myself a nice big pot of coffee and a nice breakfast. And then I put on a load of laundry and then I go upstairs and I start writing these notes. And then I take a break to take the laundry out of the washing machine and put the next load of laundry in. Then I go back up and write more. Then I swap the laundry again and then I record with you. <laughs> and that is my Saturdays when I do these timing the terminals. And when it's not timing the terminal, basically I spend an hour and then I'm done. <laughs> Does the laundry still get done? Yeah, unfortunately, it's now sitting next to me in a giant basket of wet stuff. <laughs> nice. All right, well, Bart, I just want to make sure people did understand the amount of work you put into these, and I appreciate it. I, I don't know that I could regurgitate this 10 minutes from now, but at this moment in time, I understood everything you said. And hopefully, if you're looking through the index of episodes and you say, oh, I need to do stuff with streams, you'll see either pipes or crossing the streams and say, oh, that's, that's, that's the episode I want. Yeah, I, th- I think your naming convention really helps. Well, I, I, you know, sometimes being slightly funny makes it more memorable. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And we can argue about whether or not it's actually funny, but I try. <laughs> yeah, attempts at humor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Bart, well, let's we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, and, uh, and we'll take a break and do something, uh, something fun. Not that I this isn't fun. It's been way too long since we've had a photography topic, so, uh, I think so I'm not sure what it'll be, but I'm pretty sure it'll be photography. All right, sounds like fun to me, Bart. Okay, well, until then, happy computing. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeed.com or podcasting at bartafisser.net. 